Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 115. Yeah, this is actually the second. We don't ever do this. No, this. I'm going to say it. I want to come clean. This is the second take. We normally start the podcast, bang, bang, bang. That first start was absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. And you, I'm going to blame you for that. Oh, yeah. Okay, you can blame me. That's Thank fine. You. Um, if you're new around here, welcome. I'm Rick. This I'm is Guy. Guy. Hi. And uh, imagine doing that really corny thing where it's like, he's Guy. He's Rick. <laughs> there we go. 
don't think this is much better than the first time. It is, it's with a one. Um, action-packed episode this week? A- absolutely, action-packed, no guests. Um, you know what, though? Thoroughly, the last couple of guests, we won't go on about it too much again. Bri- yeah, we've mates with Bryson. Bryson's old, new- yeah, Bry- Bryson who haven't bothered anymore. It's not a big deal. He's not won yet, but he will do soon. He will. After being on the podcast. Well, he's not bloody injured. <laughs> and then uh, Incy was on last week, which was a great episode. I think but a lot of people, I included, learned a lot about behind the scenes of like TV work. Yeah, well, according to my dad, it was one of the best I've ever done. Oh, so there you, there go. you go. It's high praise. <laughs> Incy got the dad rated. She did. Oh, yeah, wait, wait a minute, Rick. What? Keeping this in, don't start going for another start again now. Rick's just coughing up his sweetness. Oh my word, you're right. It's the one you've got to be watching. If you're listening in the car, make sure when you get in, you then put the podcast on and watch it. Right, Rick anyway. Just died. Um, I feel, you know what's mad about today? Normally when we do our podcast, we do it kind of monday morning. Today, it feels like the back end of the day. It's nearly two o'clock. We're late for us. We've normally left the office by now, haven't we? We've normally done. <laughs> <laughs> Feet up, relaxing. Uh, we've been out shooting a video today. Oh, we have. Well, we're going to come on to that. They, they, yes, 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 yes. Content. Content and controversial content. It's like my dream. Um, <laughs> so we've got that to talk about. But first things first, Richard, you were, and this is the reason you're getting called Richard because it's an important announcement. Okay. You will remember, well, maybe you don't for all the beers you had, but after 100 episodes, we did a live podcast. Yes. All episode 100 was live. There's rumours, they're not rumours, they're true. We are doing another live podcast. There you go. What for? For um, money, because okay, okay. we, we want to make as much as possible. No, it's not really a money thing. Well, you have to pay to come. It's not free. <laughs> Basically, I don't want to give too much away. There'll be more announced on February the 15th, I believe. So if you're not sure what you, you want off your... Well, if you don't know what to get your wife or your girlfriend, your partner, your husband for Valentine's Day, but you're a fan of the podcast, Ooh. surprise them and say, look, darling, today's Valentine's Day. I've not got anything. But tomorrow, you're in for a big surprise. <laughs> and you buy them... You a ticket and buy them one. Nice. You're happy. Yeah. They're going to trip to a location. Should we t- tell location? Yeah, go on. You tell it. Rick Shields Golf Show podcast is going on road to London, baby. All right, mate. <laughs> We're going down south. Yes. Um, where it's always sunny and apples and pears and all that jazz. We are going down to London and we are taking part in a very big podcast show. Yes. Like... It's almost like a podcast week, yes. right? And we're one of the acts. Yes. So more information coming soon. And you will be, you listening right now, in your car, on your commute to work, whether you're in the gym, whether you're walking the dog, you will be the first people to know where this is going to be and how to buy tickets. The only thing I don't know, this could be an issue, but also could make it even better to go. I'm not sure if it will be recorded or not. Don't shoot the messenger. I think that's fine. I think it's almost a bit of a, a spin-off. It is. So if you want to hear it, you might have to go. And if you can't get to London, that's not my problem. It's not London's problem either. No, we'll do one next. Because people often say, oh, come to Sacramento or something random. Yeah. We, we will. Soon. When, when we when we want, we'll be there. When we get the private jet, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So that's coming up. So that's exciting. It is. I feel after we've done one live episode now, I'm actually somewhat excited about the next live yeah. episode. It was weird the first time, but we've got a bit of a formula. Yeah, exactly. The exact same show. <laughs> Literally the same show. Um, so if you had come to Manchester, listen to that episode, don't even bother coming, it will be the same. You might just get different guests. You might you might have to a few sources beforehand, though. Oh, London yeah, sources. 100%. How many is the optimum amount of pints before you go live, do you reckon? Three. Three, yeah. 
three. You get allowed four, don't you? Two at the interval. Oh, oh so we're going into five. And then, oh, and then Christ. unlimited after. See what, <laughs> okay. see what happens. Yeah. I might Rick, have like Rick one. guy hit London town. Yeah, I might have a couple of vodka cranberries, but I have to be very careful because there's a very fine line for me between consumption and wheeze. So if I have one too many drinks, I'm weeing a lot. A wheeze? Yeah. I wonder what that meant then. Yeah, wheeze. Uh, so it's like one drink could start the wheeze. Uh, so. I get you. Anyway. This is a really bad start again, but we're, we're too far in now. This, this is good. Is... I like this start. Oh, do, you, do you rate <laughs> it five stars? If you're not rating this five stars, there's something wrong with you. Listening. Would you... <laughs> Listen to this podcast if it wasn't your own. I don't listen to my own. Well, exactly. It's not a good sign, is it? I do like podcasts with guests. All right, okay. So you turn off now. If <laughs> 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 you help. I'd be like, okay, that's So cool. when people say they're in the clubhouse, if you're not sure what the clubhouse is, you probably are if you're listening, but if you're not, it's somebody that's a hardcore fan that has listened to every single podcast. It's a commitment. It's a badge of honour. It really is. It, I've, I've been told how true this is. If you want to join a, like a posh, stuffy golf club and you have to have an interview... If you, at the end, say, oh, and by the way, I'm in the clubhouse, and you do a wink, three wink, so it's wink, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. You know what that means? You're in. You're in. Wow. So I'm in the clubhouse, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. Careful you're in. You, careful what you're saying there. <laughs> do not do the other thing that sounds like wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but are you in the clubhouse? That's what I'm trying to get to. Are you in the clubhouse? I'm in the clubhouse. Of, well, yeah, because I, I've listened to every podcast. Ah, but not through I've actual... listened to them live. I've listened to every podcast live. That's very true. So I've got, I'm already in the club. I've got a deep, dark confession. You didn't, you didn't listen to the one that I did on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not in the club. I listened to Heart. Well, the one that you did on your own, like episode 12 or something, a long time ago, you're on the couch chilling. <laughs> I listened to a bit of it. I thought, rubbish. Turn this crap. I definitely had like two beers by that point. I wasn't at three beers. I think it was a four beer Rick. I'd have been absolutely in. <laughs> four beer Rick's a banter guy. Speaking of four beer Rick, got a glimpse of him the other day. Oh yeah. On Monday. We had a night out. We had a, yeah, we did. Are you four beer Rick or five beer Rick at that point? Uh, there is a difference. Uh, well, I had that really quick one at the hotel. You did have a really quick cool one. That was <laughs> that, was, that was some skill. That and then no, probably probably four four beer Rick. Yeah. So last week you might have seen the video. We went down to Bletchling, Bletch, Bletchingly was it? Bletchingly Golf Club, which is right at about London, right down south of London. But on route, because we were filming there with Martin Borgmeyer. <clears throat> if you've not seen that video, we're going to come on to Martin in a minute. Yes. But to break up the journey, we actually, last Monday, we went filming at JCB, doing a, little, a couple of bits of filming ready for a video this week. So we were kind of halfway down, Stokish. We thought, well, let's travel the rest of the way down today or get somewhat close. And I kind of thought, wouldn't it be cool if we went to like a top golf? Because mm. not many around the Northwest, in fact, there's none. none. Not top golfs, there's top tracers. Top golfs are different. So we decided to go to Watford. Booked in a really nice hotel. It was you, me, Matt, and Harry. Yeah. All in um, one room. No, we didn't have one room. We splashed out. We Pajama had party. Had four rooms. Midnight. Rick, please come have a midnight feast. <laughs> so on the en route, it, we thought it'd be a really cool idea to like, do a bit of a meet-up. Yeah. Like, I've done range night before, and a, a couple of times when I've been at the Opens and stuff, it's been quite cool to meet a lot of people collectively. But this was absolutely random. Monday night, last Monday, middle of, was it February? Just about, February the 1st. And uh, puts a tweet out, Instagram, Facebook message, everything else. I was overwhelmed by the response. Yeah. And how many people four turned people. up? No, four people. <laughs> John, John, Barry, Lucas, and uh, uh, Charlotte. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for coming. It was really good. No, in a serious note, there was... Well, it's hard to know how many were actually there because Top Golf was absolutely rammed. 
We got there quite late, fashionably late. You said get there for 7.30 for 8. We rocked up at quarter past 8, <laughs> which wasn't intentional. It's actually the traffic on the way down was quite bad. Anyway, we got there. The place, if you've never been to a top golf before, it's bizarre. It's like driving range, obviously, with massive bars, a shop. It's so cool. And it was absolutely rammed. It's very much like sports bars in the USA. Yes. Like they're, they're, that's what they're kind of geared around. Big bars, TVs everywhere, uh, kind of table service. So as we walked in... There was a crowd of people. Um, when I messaged my contact at Top Golf saying we're running late, they said, <coughs> you, uh, you, "You're causing quite a commotion. There's quite it's quite a crowd forming." Yeah. So we had four bays reserved off, and Top Golf were amazing to us. Thank you down there at Watford. Put a number on how many people you think Ratchet did turn up, though. For you, well, for us, for collectively. Um, I don't know. Can I just say a number? I don't even going to be happy with this or not. Okay. 50? Yeah, I thought it was 50. Oh, is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Okay, good. I think that's a lot. No, I think it is a lot, but I didn't know if you were going to say 407. No, I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> 10 beer, Rick, would have been, everyone's yeah. here for yeah, me. Yeah, no. no, there was about 50 people turned well, up. about 50 people. All different ages, all different backgrounds, yeah. some people who played golf for years, some people who'd only just got into golf. There was a young lad, um, I don't want to butcher his name, so I, I, I won't say it, but young lad who who... Wait for me, past his bedtime and everything, who hit some great shots in front of yeah. me. Um, so kind of from a young age to an older age, males, females, a really, really good mix. It was, it was very good. So we had some challenges, hit loads of golf shots. I was bombing it. You, this is what upsets me now, and I feel a bit cheated, because there's quite a lot of podcast listeners there, which was great. I was chatting to a few, and they kind of said, oh, you're going to be bombing it past Rick then, hashtag 12 yards, etc., etc." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Annoyingly for me, and I'm going to hold my hands up now. I'm longer than you normally. I, I don't know if I am, but as of late, you've gained some sneaky distance. I'm not happy about it. And you know what's weird about it? I don't. I don't think it's. I think it's just distance. It's not as if I've massively increased ball speed or yeah. club head speed. Yeah. I'm just launching it really well, striking it pretty in the middle, getting a really good ball flight. That they're the so if I can increase club head speed, which I think I can do, increase ball speed. You're off. hitting your driver so well at the moment, it's scary. I feel like any driver I pick up at the moment as well. Like well look, a lot you, of them. you took um, your own one, which is the Ping G425 Max. Yeah. And for people that watched the video last week or whenever it went out about you hitting the stealth as well, you took that one because it does go a long way, not always that straight. The numbers you were getting out of that were just insane yeah both to be honest both i just feel like the head shape of the stealth i can't swing faster but also it's longer in length yeah it, no it's it about is two a little bit longer a little bit longer it's in the shaft longer. so i feel like on a driving range situation like that i can just go hell for leather and get that little bit more penetrating flight and yeah it was good 345 yards was my best drive oh, wow so going on to then to long drives the day after mm. went down to bletchlingley Keep looking at me like, is that not right? I don't know. I think it is. I feel like I can see the letters. B-L-E-T-C-H-I-N-G-L-E-Y. Bletchingly. Um, <clears throat> I wrote <laughs> on the desk and signed it. Rick was here, 1995. <laughs> Were you a fan of um, writing on tables at school? With with tipex or with like a, uh, what were them things called? But not protractor. Was it a protractor? Yeah, a protractor. Yeah, the sharp point yeah, of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What was you going to go to? What would you write? I used to, well, I used to draw this little cartoon character. So you'd have like droopy eyes. I think he's intoxicated of some description. Really big teeth, dead skinny neck, roll neck, big arms. 
I could literally write, I'll draw it for you later. I think we should draw it in a minute, actually, and then show it to camera. <clears throat> Get me a pen and paper, Matt, and I'll draw yeah, it. Yeah, Matt, if you want to get a pen and paper in a minute, and that'd be this, really good. I literally drew it everywhere, in all my school books, everywhere. So, so what do you say the children listen to this now, that there will be some of? So should they copy that or not? Um, you know don't, they, don't get caught, kids. You know what they could do? They could write, subscribe to RS, brackets, Ooh. Rick Shields, <laughs> brackets, and his podcast. Um, yeah, that'd be quite cool. Um, so then, Metal with Martin. Yes. How would you describe his kind of physique? So, what's frustrating for me is, I can say his name now, Martin Borgmeier. Martin Borgmeier. One more. Martin Borgmeier. I keep calling him Martin Broberg. I don't know why I keep doing uh, did that. You know, is a person. No, I think there's... Is it, it's Christoph Broberg. Was he not a golfer? I don't know where I've got this Broberg thing from. It's not that I can't pronounce his name. I keep getting completely wrong. Anyway, he is um, about six foot four. Yeah. Big, but shredded. Athletic. German. German, with like an American-y kind of twang. A few people think he's American, yeah. because his accent. Big ginger beard. Big ginger beard. Um, kind of a, a top-knot, ponytail-type thing. Christoph Broberg is a golfer, Swedish. There you go. Um, yeah. A giant of a man. Giant of a man. And he is currently one of the long-drive kind of competitors. Yeah. He has won long-drive tournaments in the past, but he's never won the World Championship. Um Recently become mates with Bryson, our mate as well, some mutual friends. So yeah, well, we're kind of mates with him already, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he said he was over in the UK, he's having a golf lesson um, down with Steve Furlonger. By the way, what a great name for a coach who helps golfers hit the ball that further. That is a very good name. Steve Furlonger. Imagine, imagine his real name was like Steve Fur, and he thought, right, I'm going to get a better business. Uh, yeah. Steve Furlonger. Imagine like Steve Farlonger. <laughs> Um, so he was having a lesson there on some of the force plates Lee Cox was there as well who is actually a really kind of long drive specialist Uh, and also Joe Miller was there randomly so Joe is a two time world champion Um, kind of a different frame to Martin isn't it yeah like you would say he is still well very muscly but he's just like Big with it. He's not fat. He's just absolutely massive, isn't he? And what's bizarre, I didn't realise how tall he was. Yeah, he's, he's about the same height. If not, maybe a little bit shorter. But yeah, I think he's, he's about six tall. two. But because he's so broad and, and kind of stacked, he makes him look a little bit shorter. But they were both there, and it was so good, like, seeing these guys in action. Because bar Jamie Sadlowski, back in donkey's years ago, 2016 or so, at the Orlando Golf Show, and it was hard to really get a perspective there because it was like on a big round driving range. I've not really seen that many long drivers up close and personal. Yeah. Have you seen any? Um, no. Ah, uh, Big Mart. I think the closest I've been is watching Bryson before yeah. on, the, on the range. <clears throat> well, even not that wasn't that actual close, but the ball flight is just unbelievable. It's so high and obviously so far, yeah. it's unreal. It's it's ridiculously fast off the face, Yeah, obviously. So we were getting some numbers. I, I hit the ball about 160 miles per hour ball speed. Martin was getting up to like 210 miles per hour. Outrageous. Like 50 miles per hour off the face. In relation to club head speed, he was getting about 158 miles per hour. I was getting like, we saw it in the video, I was topping out at 119. And I couldn't go any faster. Outrageous. So he's like nearly 40 miles per hour faster than and me. And then we got him to have a go of your driver as well. Yeah. What did he swing your driver at? It was something mad. Still in the 140s. Like 140. Yeah, he couldn't, swing, he couldn't swing it quite as fast because it looked like a kid's club in, in his hand because it was so much shorter than the regulation yeah. ones they use. So they use 48-inch sharp, uh, drivers. We didn't say in the video as well, this was, I thought was really interesting. He was using a four and a half degree head, which was cranked down two degrees. So it was a two and a half degree driver. Most people, most people's putters are around four degrees aloft. 
So it's a lot less loft, half the loft of a putter. What did you find? Uh, something I found amazing, which I didn't know, that they almost hit the, uh, hit the drivers in to a certain point. Yeah. Almost like how cricket players kind of were in knocking the bat. Knocking the bat. Yeah, he was saying that when they, obviously there's the CT testing, which is basically how fast the face can be. And obviously if it, if it becomes too fast, it's non-conforming for long drive or for tournament play, mm. whatever it might be. So they were saying that they get them and they're often a little bit below the CT limit. Because they hit so many balls at such speed and quite a hard golf ball, it actually starts to flex more. Yeah. So they have to be careful because if they find a driver they like and use it obviously a lot during practice, when they go to a tournament, it actually could be illegal because they've worn it in so much. Yeah. So we'll have to get it to a point where he thinks, right, that feels good. I'm going to park that driver for a bit and I'll go back to it at a tournament. I never knew that. It's mad. But the CT test as well, he's got no access to doing himself. Apparently the only people that have them are like the RNA, the USGA, and obviously the club brands and the developing clubs have them to, to make sure they're not making illegal golf clubs. But apparently you're not almost allowed to just go out and buy them. So he can't measure them. It's crazy, isn't it? Because what was also really random, I wasn't sure then if he went to a tournament that they would test CT like pre-tournament or whether it was random, but they do it pre, during, and even after. That's mad. So if you've won, they'll test your driver. Imagine if it went over the limit on the last shot. And you could get disqualified. They have to be really careful. Well, what was mad as well is I, um, on the weekend, went hitting some balls, and I was walking through American Golf, and I got chatting to a couple of the guys, and I think, I can't <laughs> if you'd seen the video or we were talking about the video, whatever it was, and I kind of said, right, I got them into a little bit of a trip, uh, what's, what's a little bit of a trap, sorry. I went, what flex, checking his driver was. They're like, oh, 5X, extra, 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 extra stiff. And I asked the other guy, he was like, yeah, extra, whatever. I was like, regular. His Which driver is regular flex. It's mind-blowing. It's everything, well, it's, if you know anything about golf equipment, <clears throat> you would think a guy swinging at that speed is going to be so stiff. Yeah. This, this must be something they've discovered Fairly recently. It feels like it. Because, I, again, when I filmed with Jamie, I remember Jamie Stolowski, who was world, I think he was world champion at the time, back in 2015-16. He had, honestly, it felt like a metal pipe in his driver. It was absolutely rock stiff. But Martins, <laughs> I know, it's childish, isn't it? <laughs> was like, was I'd whip. Yeah. Well, they're saying now that if you can get at impact that shaft to flex, it's going to give you more speed. Almost like it kicks at the last yeah. minute. So they've kind of had to change how they deliver the golf club. Yeah. And I'm sure as well, he said that actually it is regular, but it's almost on the softer side, borderline like ladies flex, yeah, which mad. is ridiculous. But it was 48 inches long, which was very long. Yeah. But he absolutely canes so it. So two things, that the speed off the face and the height. Yeah. I mean, it was just astronomically high. But you know what I do want to say? We've seen this probably before in the comments and stuff, and I'm sure... I don't know if other people have done these videos or not, but what I would love to see, because when you watch him in the golf ball, he hit the odd one that was horrendous, but not many to be fair. No, like no. He hit it that hard. It wasn't like there was, there was a couple that would be like, that was a horrendous yeah, golf he shot. Yeah, like he skied. Yeah, I think really he hit a couple one. like really snap-ups, but overall, most his shots were decent. So mm. you think, if you hit the ball that far with your driver, you're also, in your, as we saw, you're hitting your sand iron miles, hitting your six iron further than everybody hits the driver. What would he shoot in an actual golf course? Like, surely you would have been able to score... I see that wow. a lot of the comments like, oh, if he was that, if he was that good, he'd be out on tour. Well, there's a couple of things. You might not want to. Yeah. Like, being a tour player is a very different set of skills than yeah. being a long driver. And you're right. You might, you know, you might just love absolutely pounding the golf ball as hard as he can. Has no real ambitions to try and get the ball in the hole, the least amount yeah. of shots. But equally, like you said, it's so different <clears> because not only have you got... Driving is one part of the game, which he does very, very well and obviously excels at. 
But equally, I think is it six or five goals they have in a... In a, in a uh, six, a, I think so it is. they have six goals. So if three of those goes out of bounds, when it hits one monster, that's fine. And in tournament play, three out of bounds would ruin your scorecard, yeah. obviously. But not only that, you've then got short game, you've got pitching, you've got bunker play, you've got pressure, you've got... So many facts yeah. to golf, isn't there? Not just hitting the ball a long way off the tee. people say, oh, you must be able to put... Yeah, it might not do. It might not well, be able equally, to. Put. You might put really well. Yeah. It might be rubbish in irons or whatever. Or but again, you're still in that first team. You've got so much power. How the hell do you feed it down the middle of the fairway? Unless, yeah. like you say, you just hit five iron everywhere. Like you just don't even use driver. But then equally, you're then kind of giving up your massive advantage, yeah. aren't you? Because you hit, I did that years ago. I played in a match play against this guy. It was a scratch match, and I was longer than him. But I was hitting the driver that badly. I hit two iron. So my two iron was going level with his driver and I felt like we ended up, he ended up beating me, I think, two and one. And it was like, well, I've got an advantage over this guy. I'm probably 30, 40 yards longer, but I'm not using my advantage mm. because I'm so inconsistent with my driver. So it's like he doesn't want to give up that advantage, does he? Even though it's better hitting a far enough than a driver, he'd still probably rather smash it as far as he can. I think that's a video for the future. I think it is. Uh, how can he get? How does he get on around a normal golf course? A bit like what we did with Sam Horsfield, but, yeah. it's, but it's with Martin. Yeah. That'd be really cool. But even when we did see him at Irons, because he hit, we did a little short video on YouTube that you may or may not have seen, where he hit every club in the back. He flushed it. He, yeah, he did. There's a couple, again, go, go back to James Sadlowski, he did end up stopping long drive, and he actually had the pursuit of trying to become a proper player. I don't think it's worked out for him. I've not seen anything really since. And also, Cal Berkshire yeah. has hinted at taking this journey on down kind of a tall level, really. Yeah, the only thing is, I suppose... <laughs> Like they said, the drivers they're using now are 48 inches. Aren't they banned on the tour? Now it's 46. Well, he was saying it was a local rule as well. But I think it's going to be in most, yeah. isn't it? So straight away, he's going to go to a shorter shaft, which would affect his club head speed. You would imagine, like you said, his swing on a golf course with out of bounds and water hazards would change. So even though clearly it's going to be unbelievably long, I wonder how much longer it would actually be than the long in guys a real on tour. Setting. Yeah. Like I'm guessing it still would be much longer. But. Under how much, and if that was enough, that then his short game's bad or not as good as the other guys. It's not the advantage of the strokes gain and all that stuff isn't enough. But you look at like Bryson. Where did he finish in that long drive tournament? I think he did quite well, didn't he? It was, was like it top, top 10, 10, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was eight. I feel like, but I might be wrong. So he's probably kind of right now the ex- the exam the um, experiment that we're probably asking. Mm. Like he is a tour player who can hit it a ridiculous amount of distance. One of the eighth longest players in the world, in theory. Yeah. But yeah, he's not winning everything no. yet. He might do. Um, so nicely sleep. Is anything else on that? Oh, you're done. The only other thing I wanted to touch on was him increasing my swing speed. Oh, we did? Were you surprised? Was yes, I was. You were swinging normally about 109, 110. Yeah. And that's where I normally see you at. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you got a 113 yeah, yeah. or maybe a 140. I can similar. sometimes crack into the, to the teens. Yeah. One teen. Yes. Um, he came over to watch you hit some. Didn't you go straight up to like 113 when he was there? Yeah, and he was pressure. joking, saying it's his like presence and stuff. Yeah, and pressure of him watching you. You got up to 119. And what was bizarre, and he, he wanted, basically he wanted you to hit it as hard as you could and almost not worry about where the golf ball goes. Yeah. But focus on your club head speed. And I think he was almost borderline jokingly getting frustrated that when you were trying to do this, you were hitting it well every time. And he was I was almost, hitting driver. Like, you were, were flushing really it. Really fast, I was hitting it straight. And I think he was almost thinking, I want to hit it that hard that you were almost like falling over. Yeah. And you were hitting it faster and faster and still catching it really well, which was mad. And you got to 119, which is a massive gain. But what was bizarre straight after, if you remember, I said, right, I'm going to, I think I just said it to you. I'm going to hit one just what feels like normal yeah. now. Because a lot of the things he was telling me, 
I don't. I can't do that on the golf yeah. course. Yeah, exactly. Like tee the ball up outrageously high. high. Have the ball outside my front foot. The very first movement away was swift, and almost feeling like I lifted my whole entire body and my chest, and even my left foot would come, left heel come off the floor, and really extend that to the kind of the right hand side, and then really snap this left leg, turn the foot out the way. I couldn't do that in a real. I'd, I'd, I just couldn't. No. I just don't feel like I could maintain that. But what was weird, straight after that kind of te- that training as such, I said to you, I'm just going to hit a normal one. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't know, what was it, like 115? Yeah. Which isn't honestly, that. that felt normal. Yeah. And it was like, suddenly my normal swing had gone up to five miles per hour. So I think right now, my journey, I, I would love to kind of, I'd be more than happy if my normal was 115. Oh, that's that'd all be really the time. good. Well, that's like, is that not far off tour average? Well, or I, even I, you know what? I think tour average is like 111. Yeah. But it is, I know we say this a lot, but it is so different in it, the driving range to yeah. the golf course. It's a different world. But speaking of a um, little bit of a slight segue from Bryson into Cobra. Okay. So we have just filmed a video and literally finished filming it an hour or so ago. And it's one of my favorite videos in a while. And I've got an email. So there's a couple of reasons why we filmed this. Firstly, uh, SAS Golf, Simon Smith, who we both know, did a really good video on this of the week. So we've we kind of took his inspiration and done the video. And also, we'd had a few comments on the Facebook group. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, join it. Just go on Facebook, search for the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, join it. Um, and also an email, which I've not told you this email yet, but I'm going to read it to you, Rick, and to listeners. So it's from Richard. He says, I feel like I've been robbed. As a new golfer, I was uh, using old borrowed clubs, but I really got into it. It helped me through the tough times of my dad passing away. He left me some money, and my mum wanted me to treat myself. So I looked around for months, and I found a package set for the Cobra F9S Speedback. So I bought them from a retailer for £1,000, which is expensive, but I knew they'd last me for years to come. I really enjoy playing with them. I've just watched the video of SES Golf, which you just mentioned, and the woods are fake. Notice the S after the Cobra F9. It doesn't have the milled face as normal F9 does. I'm completely devastated and I feel robbed. Can you tell me if there's much difference between the Cobra F9 and the Cobra F9S? I'm not sure if the real irons are real or fake. So couple of, just a couple of things, Rick, before you come on to this, just to make sure we're saying everything correctly. Firstly, Richard, the clubs aren't fake. That, no. That's a very strong word. Fake is um, obviously a counterfeit product. These golf clubs aren't fake. Um, but what the Cobra F9 is, are you coming in? I was just going to say, I'm, I'm also not um, surprised he said that. No, I, when he, but also I don't know what terms using the word fake because I'm guessing he knows that the retailer that he's said which is where we got the club from. He's a very well-known golf retailer. So I think he will know deep down they're not actually fake. Yeah. I think he's just using the word fake, meaning like a takedown version. Yeah, so course. basically, again, you're going to explain this in more depth, Rick, but Cobra, the F9 driver, which launched in 2019, was super popular. And you used it, you really liked it, and so many other people did. And it was a good price point. It looked good, it had technology. There was only one driver in the range, which was really kind of clean. You wanted an F9, you bought the F9. Yeah. You could get it in a black and white. Well, it was matte black, it was white, or it was the normal colour was yellow and black. Super popular. We've since been and bought this driver. We've not bought it in a package set, but we've bought the individual driver, which you can also buy. And it's a Cobra King Speedback F9S. Talk to me, Rick, about this driver. Oh, honestly... Like I say, you mentioned that we saw it first originally on Simon's video, uh, SAS Golf, shout out. And <clears throat> I, I was shocked and I thought, no, nah, there must be something wrong this. It's not, this is not right. There's something that's, that's missing or the story's not been quite told correctly. Not from Simon's point, just from the whole general idea. 
So I needed to look for myself. So we actually went to a golf shop the other day and, and saw it on the shelf. What looked like in the wrapper a Cobra F9. Yep. Like it looked in the wrapper. I was even yeah. saying to you, like, if I knew a friend who was after an F9, brand mm. new, right there and then I would have texted him saying, yeah. hey, well, by the way. Well, it literally, when you say it looks like it, it literally is yeah. an F9. Yeah. Hey, Bryson, just just, <laughs> just in case you need another F9, there's one on the shelf at, yes. you know, said retail. So for the, for the untrained eye, it absolutely looks like the original... Cobra King Speedback F9 driver. And it even had a sticker that said was 379, now 249. So it's not... For a driver that launched three years ago, it wasn't outlandishly cheap. It wasn't like 50 quid. It was a respectable price. And it had the original RRP on there, which as everybody know, I think it did RRP at 379, but it sold at 349. So everything was hunky-dory. Until? Until you notice a few differences. So I don't want to give too much away because this video is coming going to be coming out this week, but there are differences in the golf club, and that might mm-hmm. leave this open ended, might result in differences in performance. Yes, well, I'm going to leave it on that. Just a little bit then, just about the product. I don't want to give too much away again, but I think it hopefully will be out this week, won't it? Yeah. This is Tuesday now, so it should be out by the end of the week, but. What a lot of this is from my time working in my old job when I used to work at American Golf as a, as a student as well. A lot of brands will make SMU products for uh, a retailer. So if you're a big retailer and you want, whether it be a polo shirt in a certain colorway or a footwear or whatever, that's quite common that you'd find a certain trainer. And if you're, listen, if you're listening and you're from the UK, probably one of the best examples would be when you go to JD Sports yep. and you look at a pair of Nike trainers, often have a little gold tag on that says JD exclusive. It'll be that that colorway is like an SMU exclusive for JD yeah. Sports. Although I've like, have you noticed they've got like little swooshes on them? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's sometimes yeah, like yeah. synonymous. It's a JD one, exactly. Um, and you do see it in golf again. You see it in there might be a certain polo shirt that normally comes in red, blue, and black, and there's a green version for a retailer. Yeah. Which you wouldn't even if you're going to buy a polo, you wouldn't even think of that. But we do see it in golf hardware. We see it in clubs. I don't know if it's in ball before. Probably have though. I think you said before off camera, one of the popular ones was I think the Callaway X Hot Driver. I think yeah. American Golf had that, but I'm, I might be wrong in saying this. But I'm pretty sure the SMU version was a glued head as yeah. opposed to adjustable, so it was quite clear that it wasn't. And if you literally put both of them side by side, it, even though the, the text looked the same, they were they to- were quite they were still different. totally different. They're often a lot cheaper, yeah. and the retail that's selling them will have a lot more margin in them. So it's quite well known that golf clubs, although they're expensive, typically have quite poor margins, so it's not actually that great for them to sell yeah. <laughs> some of the high-end stuff. But SMU products, typically they're buying a massive quantity. It's exclusive to that retailer, and there's a lot of money to be made yeah. in them. This one is an SMU, so it's at the moment only in one retailer. They told us it's going to other ones, which I don't know if that's the case or not. But the worst part about it, by the technologies which you're going to obviously show in the video, there was no S on the video on the club, the F9S, other than the barcode sticker, which obviously you would remove once you purchased anyway. And that's on the shaft yeah. as well. Like you could take the shaft out. I think the one thing that Simon even said in his video, and, and we didn't touch on it too much, but I'm just worried if because people could legitimately go and buy those Cobra F9Ss yeah. from a shop now and sell them on eBay, for example. As an F9, yeah, which is mega popular drivers. The F, the original F9, is super popular, and and a bit to Richard's point, he feels like he might have been a bit hard done by there. Um, suddenly, you're not getting the product you think you were well, buying. That, see, that's the key thing. If you went into a retail, I'm not again. I'm not suggesting the staff don't do this because we've not had any experience. The staff that we saw are always great, and you know them quite well. And we knew what we were looking for. 
But if you went in and you wanted the F9 because you knew a couple of years ago you raved about it as the other creators, as the other golf magazines, and you thought you'd bought one and then found out that actually it was a takedown version, which yeah. technology-wise it is. We're not going to talk about the performance just yet. But you would be annoyed. Like imagine if you thought you were buying a new, I don't know, iPhone, and you found actually it was a new one they brought that didn't have the same technology in it. It wasn't as fast or didn't have the same camera, but you didn't know that. Exactly. Because I, I, I say in the video, like, if an iPhone comes out, the year after they might bring an S out, well, that's fine. But the S typically has more features. Yeah. I think it's the, yeah, it's the S, isn't it? Because that's become a thing you see, like, in cars, mm. in, um, actually, in phones. No, normally the S is added extras, yeah. isn't it, really? It is. I think where this where this particular example is Cobra F9, this S is has got less features than the original. Well, that's it. I'm guessing that they'll had um, like the castings of the heads or whatever, so it looks like said, the, the same in terms of shape and everything like that. But they've obviously cut corners. Now on the website, it does say when you're looking at the technology on this brand that on this company that sells it, it does say not. Uh, well, actually I won't say it there because it gives it away. But it does kind of loosely say what's different. But yeah, it, it riled me up a little bit. I felt yeah. a bit guilty on people that are buying. Not a guilt. It's not our fault. <clears> but I felt a bit. So hopefully we've done our due diligence mm-hmm. and put it through its proper paces. F9S versus F9, video coming soon. Um, I would hold off from any ordering just yet. Yeah, I would. Not saying anymore. No, I would. Um, <laughs> so I've got another email in that's a bit of a dear Rick. We've not done these for a little no, while, not. for one reason or another. So it says, dear Rick, Hi. the title is Should I Cheat? So you ready? Okay. I started playing golf uh, more often at the end of 2020. And after joining a local club with a few friends, I got my first handicap of 19. Since then, we've tried to play as often as possible, but with work, my work commitments, I play once or twice a month. I've had a few lessons with the local pro. My handicap now is 15, so he's dropped four shots. I listened to one of your podcasts a few weeks ago um, when Guy mentioned playing golf on his own. I'd never played on my own, but thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So I've inspired someone, Rick. There you go. So I'm here to, to do. be a loner. <laughs> yeah, to be a loner. <laughs> really hurt. Um, <laughs> when I did, fa- well, the thing is, though, I texted you and said, Rick, do you want to come play golf today? And you were like, F off, mate. I work I said, with that about I said, it. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I delete your number on a weekend. Um, That's not true. I said, unfortunately, um, oh, sorry, I've missed about. When I did, I found it very relaxing and actually played my best round ever yeah. six over par. Wow. Unfortunately, as I was playing on my own, I couldn't hand in the card for my handicap. So again, that's a new thing over here in the UK with this World Handicap System that launched, well, 2020 now, I think it was. You can actually play casual rounds with someone else who's got a handicap or on the England Golf app and and hand in a score. Up until two years ago, you couldn't do that. My friends that I normally play with, um, after taking the mickey about me, not counting all my shots, etc., offered to sign the card as they know that I wouldn't really cheat, that I'm obviously a genuine guy. I have the card in my bag but can't bring myself to hand it in as it just doesn't feel right. Please give me some advice. I love the podcast. I'm almost in the clubhouse. Um, and I think the videos have genuinely helped my game. Thanks. Very nice. Anon. Anon. Um, uh, well, I think I know the, well, I do know the answer, but I'll come on to the answer in a minute. I think whenever you played on your own, there, there are benefit sometimes of just playing on your own yeah. and, and i found that i remember being a junior go out for nine holes and i always think why don't i play like this with other people mm. i'm playing unbelievable like why is nobody here to witness yeah. this and i don't know what the psychological aspect of that is but you're not waiting for anybody else you're not 
you're just in your own world. Yeah. Like you're not, not even talking to anyone else. So your concentration levels are probably quite high when you're hitting your shot. But in between shots, you're just enjoying yeah. the walk. You've got no one to really speak to. You're just lost in your own mind. So I think from, from a performance benefit, there probably is a lot to be said about just playing on your own as a performance booster. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact he's obviously shot an amazing score <clears throat> and he's off 15, he shot six over, which is 11 under his handicap. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And as much as I know it's going to great on him, if he's got the ability, he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. If he if he can yeah. shoot six over today with it on his own, he has got the ability and he's probably proven it to himself. So next time he goes out and plays with his pals... He might not shoot six over, but you'd like to think he's still going to put a decent score in. So on that merit, I just do not, well, you can't legally, you cannot sign a card and hand it in legitimately if you've played on your own. Yeah. Because as much as you might say, put your hand on a on a Bible or whatever and say, I've not cheated, I am <laughs> the honest of salt of the earth, there, there could also be question marks around it, couldn't there? Like, who's there to validate it? Yeah. Who's there to, to pick you up on the fact that you were on the third hole, you teed up a foot in front of the markers yeah. and you didn't notice yourself, yeah, but it's something point. someone else would pick up on. Or oh, you, I, your playing partner just spots you ground in the club in the sand. You might yeah. not have noticed, but something your playing partner might have picked up on. So I just don't think you can do it, unfortunately. Well, you can't. It's a shame. I wish you all the best and I'm hoping you get another great scoring soon. But do the right thing. I'm a big believer in karma. Go out there and, and go, no, that's a nice one to put on the mantelpiece, but it's not legit. Next time I go out, I'm going to try and shoot my best score. Good. Good advice. I feel like you're going to come back and say, I, I'd cheat. you should cheat. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, no I wouldn't you really. Wouldn't. No, I think you're right. Like you said, it's... I think going back to your point, whenever anyone asks about holding one, oh, it... and you think it's got an asterisk next to it, yeah. this is the same. 100%. It's a score with an asterisk yeah, next no, to it, it. You're right. I think, um, for me... <laughs> You could look at another way, and I don't believe this, but another way of looking at it, you might think, actually, if I don't put that score in, and I know that's my true ability, and I go out in the comp and shoot six over and win by a load, yeah. people might get annoyed at me. But realistically, that may, may or may not happen. But I think you're right. I think, like, golf is... that One of the beauties, and we've said this on other podcasts before, about the beauty of golf is, well, many different things, but is the honesty of it. Like, if you wanted to, if anyone listening wanted to, you could cheat every time you play. Yeah. It's sometimes small amounts, sometimes huge amounts. That's up to you if you want to or not. No, a lot of people won't see it or stop you, but it's, it's for your own, like, you are, it's a bit corny, but you are cheating yourself, aren't you? And I think in this instance, it's not really worth it. Like you say, if he's good enough to do it again, he will. Yeah. And if he did, you know, even if he has played literally every shot perfectly, which I trust he has, and you put that card in, you get your handicap gets come down, and somehow it comes out that actually on your own, next thing you get the golf club, you're known as a cheat or whatever. It's just not really worth it, but... I think... I think- as soon as you're branded as a cheat at golf club as well, that's like, that's one of the worst, isn't it? And also as well, like you said, I know it's a bit unfair, but like playing on your own, whether it makes you play better or worse, obviously everybody will be different. It's kind of in some regard, not not a true test, but part of, it shouldn't be this, but it is the case, part of shooting a good score when you're with friends or playing partners, competitors, is that a little bit more pressure mm. as well? Like if you're playing with three other guys having a good round and one of them says after 15, have you got a good round going? Whether they intended to put you off or not, I'd like to think they wouldn't do. That might get in your head a bit. Whereas yeah. when you play on your own, and also I think last, lastly as well, I'm sure, don't quite know the rules on this, somebody might correct me, I'm sure you're meant to say before you play, you're going to put it in as a round. You can't just play and go, oh, that'll do. I think that's the case. I think you are I right. Might, I might be that. wrong. Yeah, I think you are right with that. Um, so don't cheat, Richard. Oh, that's no, not Richard. That's no, Aon, isn't it? He actually is called Richard as well. 
Oops, Richard Shield. No, <laughs> no he's, he's he's not got a name. So yeah, I shot six over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of questions on Facebook as well. Yeah, I've got for you. So let me just pull these up one moment. Well, before that, should we talk a bit about actual golf? So I watched a tiny bit over the weekend, not loads. Okay. There was three events on. Which one did you watch? In fact, there was four. Cleone Maguire won as well, and the ladies. Yeah. LPGA. <clears throat> I watched highlights and little bits of Saudi. I watched highlights and a little bit of the one in Dubai. When you say, right, this is a question for you then. When you say highlights and watched a bit, I actually define that because I think it's completely Nothing live. This could lead on to a bigger problem about golf as it is, potentially. Nothing live. Okay. I didn't watch any Saudi live. I didn't watch any of the one in Dubai live. Are you watching this on Instagram or YouTube? Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Yeah. So the best bits, basically. Yeah. The best bits are the worst bits, yeah. really. Um, and that's how I like to consume my golf, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Harold Varner. Yeah. He won the one in Saudi. He was tied with, uh, uh, it was one shot behind Bubba with the last hole left to play, okay? So he needed to make birdie to get into the playoff. Yeah. He was at the front of the green. It's this ridiculously long putt, over 100 feet. One of the best putts to win a tournament, possibly ever. Yeah, I saw that Possibly one. ever. Yeah. Went in for eagle. He wins the tournament by one. Do you think, though, like, I watched that clip. I must admit, hand on heart, it's the only shot I saw of that yeah. of his whole tournament. <clears throat> How much better it would have been if you'd actually watched it properly, though, and you got into it, and you're thinking, and you watched it live, like, oh, my days, you kind of bought into it more, do you think? A little bit, but I still got the same energy watching yeah, yeah. it, watching it. Because you know what also is really good now as well? So it only took a few minutes, because I don't think the live feed was as accessible as some of the live feeds that you've had in the past, because uh, it was on, obviously on Asian tour this, this time round. But I actually saw a lot of clips of people I knew that were there that had almost filmed it on the phone. Oh, that's quite good. And those clips made it for me a bit better. Yeah, m- m- like raw. Yeah, real. like shaky camera. And when it went in, like the camera, like, you know, gets lost yeah. and everyone's cheering. That It was those, I was like, that was really, c-. and even like that thing's like, <clears throat> what you don't see again on the TV, because obviously you know, the, the footage, it has to be focused on something. You don't see um, him when he holds it, do you, initially? You don't see him. So Chris Rice, I believe, let me double check. Uh, no, I th- I'm pretty sure that's right, is Harold Varner's caddy. Right. He's an English guy, and I think he's from the Wirral. All right. What you don't see, they're playing with Tommy and a another. can't remember who the third person in, in the group now. So what you see on TV or the footage, the real footage, you see Harold Varner going over to Tommy, big embrace, high fives, this, that, and other. But on the phone camera, what you also see, and I think this is so lovely, obviously Chris Rice and Finno must really know yeah, each yeah, other yeah. really well. And there was a really nice embrace between those two that you just didn't see oh, on cool. actual live foot or actual televised footage. And that was from a fan recording it. Yeah. And I, and I rewound re- it and watched it a few times because almost simultaneously you had Harold Varner and Tommy on one side of the green embracing. And on this side of the green, you had the two caddies embracing. That is cool. I was like, that's actually really good. You're not going to get that all the time, obviously. But um, So I watched highlights of that. Then last night, about mm, 10 o'clock, flicked on PJ Tour app, and Jordan Spieth was winning, leading the AT&T with like six holes left to play. Okay, so I thought, yeah, go on. I'm in. Flick it on. Big TV. Not even on my phone, big TV. Wow. Claire's gone, Claire's gone to bed. <laughs> so I put it on TV. She's gone up for a bath. So I put, put it on TV. 
I, I feel like you'd be a lot of scrolling whilst watching. I don't think you're glued lots to it. Lots of scrolling. Yeah. Lots of adverts, which I know that's what it has to be. Lots of, and and I feel like I'm really into my golf to some degree. A lot of golfs I didn't know. Mm. Like, there's lots of names at the top of the leaderboard that I don't really know. Even the guy that won. Yeah. Hoagie. Obviously played amazing. Don't really know him, to be honest. I was only there because Jordan Spieth was leading. So are you leaning on to more about this of this whole proposed Super Golf League or Saudi Golf League? Are you thinking something like that would excite you or I think that you get into a point with this statement? No, it was more how I view golf content currently is I'm much more dipping in and I, I want all the action now. Like I joked at the back end of the last season, I actually really quite got into Formula One. Yeah. And I don't have to be in it loads, but I can I can sit down for an hour and a half and get I can watch the whole Same race with if football. I want if I want to. Football. I can watch so going back to the football, I didn't watch a lot of the United Middlesbrough match, but I watched a bit of extra time and penalties. Mm. It's exciting things, isn't it, really, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um so for me, I flick on F one and I watched the final race in Abu Dhabi. I did really watch that because I was really intrigued between Max and Lewis Hamilton. But if not, I can I can get a really condensed version online later on. And all the action is there, and all the best players are there, and everything else. I feel like we're at a stage at the moment, certainly in golf, and obviously this this Super League is it might just blow all this out of the water. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Is even just this weekend, like you say, four events going on. Mm. It's a lot of golf, isn't it? Well, there's there's three on the men's. So you've literally got the the Asian tour, which is the Saudi one, the PJ tour, the European tour, a DP World tour. <laughs> It, it is a bit confusing, and it's like you said, they're on different times each week because obviously they're different places in the world. Um, you've got to either commit to watching four days of it, or you do watch the last day or the last couple of days. It's hard to say because I'm not the biggest fan of watching golf week to week, but equally, I love the Open, love yeah. the Masters, love the US Open. So, but why? What, uh, going back to that, why do you think you love those the majors? I think uh, several reasons, but for me, the, the Masters I love because. It's on the same golf course every year. Yeah, it's on at the night time in the UK, so we can sit down and watch it. And I think as well, what I love about them and that in the Open in particular is that when somebody has won the Masters or the the Open, it literally is like life changing in terms of not financially so much, but I always look at a golfer in a different light. Like yeah. they are, and even like Bryson now, jokes aside, to have on the podcast as a major champion. Yeah. Feels like there's so much more weight to that than sounds bad than obviously winning a PJ tour event is incredible, as is a European tour event, DP World, whatever you want to call it. But it almost feels like the winner of this event, it's so much got more, I don't know. Whereas well, like, like, uh, like Molinari. Yeah, exactly. It made his career. That's what really. I mean. Whereas like, like Adam Scott, like he's won the Masters obviously just the once, but he's he's won a major tournament. It's well, huge. And that's it, was like the, the the Saudi International, without not for one second poo pooing winning a tour event is incredible feat and obviously such a again it will be life changing for these guys obviously financially potentially and others but it doesn't have that same I don't know and yeah. you, I mean you could argue as well though like even a football match like a Premier League football match for your team middle of the season might not feel that important but it kind of does because it mm. counts towards something whereas you know the big factor for me though I agree with your point so far what you've made but what I, why I think I really really love the majors it's the best players yeah, in the true. world. Yeah, very true. Y you know, when you flick on the Masters in April, you are going to see a leaderboard of players you know, aren't I mean, you? Uh, 
you could say the open though, like Todd Hamilton when he. Oh no, but, but as in like, but but what I'm saying as, as a leaderboard, there. I'm not talking even just the winner. As a leaderboard, you're going to see that at least if I said to you, name the top twenty, do you know every? Yeah, you'd yeah. go, I know eighteen out of that yeah, top twenty. That's very true. Eighteen T, and, and again, I'm a fan of golf. I didn't know every single name on that leaderboard, even the top ten. Thinking, oh god, who are these guys? Should I should I know them? Mm. Who are they? Why do I not know about them? Where I feel like, like say, you go to a major tournament and and the Masters, etc. As much as the winner isn't always the most famous person ever, whatever a, a tour player, you just look and you're like, the oh, field, yeah. they're all there. Every no, nope, when the Masters is on, you're not gonna Jordan Spieth's not gonna be playing an event in yeah. Buddy Spain, yeah. is it? It's no, just not gonna happen. So <clears throat> I think that's why. I love watching that. And again, a, a little bit like why I do like F1 in that all the races are there. Mm. Every single event. You're not Lewis Hamilton's gonna I'm gonna dip, I'm gonna duck out of this one, guys. I'm gonna I'm having a week off. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and race in another race. Yeah. You know what's interesting though? Jokes aside, how you got into F1 quite quickly. I know you said you used to watch it as a kid. But within the space of like however long it was, not very long, you kind of know all the drivers you know what the race is coming up you sound to me there's nothing about it fairly educated on it yeah whereas i imagine if you came into golf last week how long would it take to actually get up to speed with the different tours the different players the different events i've been like, golf for yeah 20 th- how long 20 odd years and i'm still looking at the event and i don't know every yeah. name it's weird isn't it? but you're right with with like f1 I'm, I, it wouldn't I and mean, i'm not ridiculously into it but i do think i'm really excited about when the season starts this year is I feel like I do already know at least 10 or 12 races. That would be interesting then, and it sounds silly, but how, so mon- not monitor, that's a bit weird, but mon- well, yeah, monitor your interest throughout the season, because mm-hmm. at the moment you're dead excited because of the end of last season. Will that stay, that level of excitement throughout? Because if it does, then that's a testament to the the, the Formula One for yeah. keeping that like, level of excitement, or will you kind of dip off and then maybe get back I think into there will it be a prob- I think there'll be a little dip off in the mid-season. Yeah, a bit like what I'm at with football now. Yeah, like I've kind of dipped out of football for a bit. I was dead into it in September when it, or August when it came back. Ronaldo signed. I've dipped out a little bit. But if if let's say in March we're suddenly like going to get in top four or maybe even top three, I'm like, okay, I'm back, back in, in again. But um, yeah, I'm not. It's just really, really interesting. I think this weekend certainly with so many different golf events on. I almost monitored my own behaviour as like a case study mm. and went, what did I experience? And I must admit, after watching the AT&T Live, I probably slightly regretted it. Well, Because I was like, oh, I don't know if I really enjoyed that as much as I could have done. I think more because I wanted Jordan Speed to win. Yeah. But that was the only person I wanted to win. There was no, there was no plan B for me in that <laughs> scenario. <laughs> like, I wanted him to win and that was it. Because yeah. I do like him a lot. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Got a question for you then. So Thomas Michael has asked, and I saw this myself weirdly, thoughts on some tailor-made players not using the stealth. Robert McIntyre has been using the Sim 2. And actually, weirdly, we had the golf on in the opposite of the day, and that's the first thing I noticed when he was swinging that he was using the Sim 2 and not a stealth. So He mustn't have left-handed samples yet. (laughs) Is it good, bad, indifferent for tailor-made? Does it matter? Is it... What do you think? I think certainly with tailor-made because their their models are typically very significantly different when they when they go from a sim two to a to a stealth. Mm-hmm. Like it's really noticeable in yeah. it that I don't think you can hide. Like when if they went from sim to sim two, yeah, Your sim two yeah. driver had a sim. I think it's a weird one for me. In in some ways, you could you could say you respect the brand for 
allowing, if that's the right term, the, the athlete to use a driver that's right for them. And ultimately, as long as they're using a tailor-made product, it doesn't really matter. But I also think it kind of, it should open the eyes of the, the golfers, the consumers, that these guys out on tour who are playing golf for a living want every single marginal gain they can get, whatever it might be. A, a yard. A yard, half it. a yard, a bit of butt. Like, just, why would they not? Like, yeah. the, the, these are the people that need every little gain they can have. So, if there's athletes who are choosing not to use the new product for whatever reason, it obviously for them, you wouldn't think right now is gaining them anything. It makes you think, doesn't it? Why should the average consumer be that bothered about a new driver? Correct. And, and again, you might see differences if you're using a five-year-old one compared to one now. I do think you'd see differences, but year on year, it's so teeny, 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 tiny. Almost you, almost hard to measure. Do you think as well, though, it, it almost <laughs> looks worse for a tailor-made? Because like brands like Titleist, I can't remember if it was Adam Scott that was using the old driver for ages. I can't quite remember, but like it happens with Titleist well, a lot. He had the old irons in the bag yeah. forever. And the ball. You know, there's guys on tour, I think he used like 2013 Pro V1, 2015, 2017. So again, you could argue, well, if the new 2021 Pro V1 is much better, why are they not using it? But it feels like with brands like TaylorMade, you know, and Callaway as well, who have such huge claims and such mass marketing campaigns. And this year, I've been into a few golf shops, as you have as well, obviously. The marketing materials around stealth, it's yeah. everywhere, isn't it? Black and red balloons yeah. on display. It's, it's gone huge. Uh, they almost feel like they're tying it in with a bit like Valentine's Day Maybe. as well. If it, the last time, well, I'm sure, I feel like that really happened a lot around the R11 era. I remember yeah. R11 and the RBZ, there was loads of promotion. And this obviously is, is the way it's gone again. So it, it really does feel like there's a lot of people talking about stealth, interested in stealth. I'm sure going to be trying it. But obviously some of the best players in the world aren't using it. <clears throat> yeah. And, and like I say, you can't hide it. No. It must. wonder how much it's written into contracts. It do, does seem to me very peculiar that like when you see the shoots with... So when they do those videos now, which I think are really good on YouTube, you've got Tiger, well, not got Tiger at the moment, but you did have Tiger, but now you've got Sergio, yeah. Tommy, Matt Wolf, Dustin, Rory, miss anybody, I'm sure, Marikawa, Marikawa, that's six, might be one or two others, I can't quite probably, remember. Probably about right. They all, I think, have put in, got it in the bag. Yeah. Now, is that that they are the top, top guys, almost are told, we're going to give you X amount of year more, but you have to have it in the bag. Yeah, there's no choice. Yeah. Where like a Robert McIntyre can kind of sneak under the radar a little bit. But then on the other way of looking at it is, does that, if the fact that they are putting it in the bag, could that be perceived that it's no different? If these golfers who are playing again for the living have won every yard, if they just happily just go, okay, I'll use it then, it's just the same as last year's really. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Interesting topic. Um. Last question for you then from Ashley in the Facebook group. What happened to Rick's garage sim? Oh, good question. Uh, currently, it's uh, under construction. Into? Uh, Is it just storage at the moment? Okay. So <clears throat> basically, when obviously it was March 2020, set up the home simulator, when lockdown took place, when obviously COVID first kicked off, and it was a phenomenal use of space for the time that I needed it for. Um, filming in there, um, we made 
loads of videos in 2020 when we couldn't get out on the golf course basically and it was a it was a means to an end it wasn't perfect it never was but it was okay so i'm just gonna carry on i'm gonna do something quickly it was quite small in size uh you might have seen the incident where i might have hit my driver on the roof and broke it i did actually have that extended afterwards but in the in the short term it was a phenomenal place to do that with let me draw my picture so um Continue. Is this my cartoon? So I just for those so, listening, I just brought Rick a big whiteboard to draw his pictures when I draw the floor. So anyway, long story short, it's currently still kind of roughly there. It would probably take me a day to clear back out because we had some work done to the house, so it ended up becoming storage. Um, I don't think we're going to use it again for filming, so I've done a little bit more filming at like Torex and stuff. But I do want to set it up as a home simulator again because the kids loved using it. I still want a bit of practice. Kind of a bit of a home simulator gym vibe I'm going to go for. I think as well, though, what's mad, and it's something I saw from you using it, when it was all set up, it was phenomenal. And like when people saw it in the videos, it was like a dream to have that at your house. But in reality, that was, you had to clean it every time, didn't you? Because you had so much stuff, like in your... Well, it, it was... <laughs> it was like a real-world scenario. It wasn't exactly. a workplace, was it? So before filming, there'd be like child seats and all sorts of stuff there. Anyway, so, uh, again, this might not be the best if you are listening. If you're watching, you've, you can see what Rick's doing. He's drawing his picture, so... When he was in school and he was a naughty boy, he would draw on tables. I feel like I still need a mic. So he's going to um, draw his picture. Ask, ask me other questions while we're doing this. Okay, so another it's question I've got. All oh, right, okay. Oh, this is serious. Another question I've got then, which I've since deleted, so bear with me because I didn't know we were doing any more. Didn't you say you had a voice message? Oh, yeah, I got a voice note. Oh, wow. How did I go? Right, I'm going to put the voice note in. Um... Sec. It's sending me about this now to when I was a kid. Hope this works. Hi, Guy and Rick. Um, so my question for the podcast is, if YouTube were going to host their own kind of Masters kind of mini-series, um, four-day event, legitimately, where do you think that Rick would fall? Guy, you can be in it. Um, where do you think you would both actually come at the end of the, uh, the four days, you know, taking into account people on there, um, GM Golf, all of that? The only people we won't see are going to be in there is someone like, you know, the Brian Bros, where Wesley is on the tour. It's a little bit unfair, so we won't put him in, we won't put Brighton in. Um, but all those that aren't on tour and do YouTube. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Starts from Harry. So, Great in, question. A, in a nutshell, Rick. The, the well, one, I do actually think it should happen. Four-day event or... Four-day event. Would, would you rather... Is my mic still on? If I'm yeah. quiet, yeah. Would you rather have a four-day event or would you rather have a one-day event? Would you fancy your chances better? Weirdly, I think four-day. Okay. But not for the purpose of winning, for the purpose of finishing slightly higher. Okay. So you think if you had like an 85 <coughs> first day, that's not because you had a one-day. Yeah. yeah, okay. I feel, like, so, I feel like I'm always going to throw a bit of a bad one in there, but... But if that was on the first day, I'm. If that was the one day, then I'm dead. So we've had this before, where you've rated yourself quite highly against other <laughs> golf YouTubers. This feels like a while ago now. I'm in a different Rick now. Where would this you? Is a very different Rick. Where would you now? So you've got Peter Finch, yeah. Matt Fryer, Andy yeah. Carter, like your mates. Yeah. You've then got EGM Golfs, all those guys. Good, who, good boys. Yeah, who are all good, good, good golf. Um, loads of the people, loads of creators out there. You've got like. As much as he said, then the Brian Bros, yeah, you wouldn't class Wesley because he's a tour player, but George, who's not a tour player yet, yeah, he could definitely be in that ranking. You've got 
uh, guys like Zach Radford. Yeah. You've got guys like, even like SAS that we've talked about earlier in this podcast. Yeah. You've got loads of guys from the UK, like Danny Maud, um, Dan Hendrickson, Me My Golf, Crossfield. Um, who else could play? I'm guessing this is a scratch event. Look, yeah, if it is a yeah, so yeah, it's like it's like pros or scratch scratch event. Okay, so I think um, I think I'd win. <laughs> You're in the net championship. I think, I think I'd win. Um, you know, only by five or so. Nothing. I'd per go round. Easy, I'd go easy. Yeah, yes, twenty in total. Um, <clears throat> no, I think genuinely now putting a score together. In a competition format, it it weirdly like worries me now. But do you not think? Because I, I get these questions and they're quite exciting. And, and if it could happen, it would be really fun. But and we we've used this before. And we've had clips where we've talked about it. And would you beat such a body, whatever? And it gets a lot of people excited. But in reality, nobody. Well, we certainly don't. And I don't really know if the good good guys do. The content isn't about them being amazing at golf. It's no. about having fun on the golf course. So, like. It isn't really something that is, if you're all do, if you're all separate creators and you all had this goal of getting on the European tour or you know the, the PGA tour or getting into the Open or whatever it might be, then you would say right, well one of you's got to be better than the other ones. Yeah, but you're all kind of probably are quite different abilities just because oh, some of you're pro, like you can turn pro four or plus four. Like I, I think that would be the guys at the top of the leaderboard would be George Bryant. He's, I'm not saying he's he's at the top. But he's one of the yeah. he'll be, he'll be one of the favourites. Michael Morris. Yeah. Um, Pete, if he's playing well, Carter, if he's playing well, I'm not sure. Any anyone if they're playing well, yeah. That's the thing. I played with Matt. I would think that Matt was a better golfer than me. Yeah. Would you? Um, I don't know. I've seen him play enough. I probably would say yes, but as as an overall, what I've seen. But I played him a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't going to say much about this, right? But playing him a couple of weeks ago at Warrington, his home course as well, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, on his track. And I, and I absolutely schooled him. Yeah. I absolutely took his pants down and it's gave funny. him a good hiding. Oh, that's what she... It's funny because I was texting today, Matt, and he said about you playing golf, and he said um, that he was playing golf. Let me read the text now. <laughs> Shut up. I, know gonna... I don't know what you're going to say, but... Yeah, he said, yeah, we played today. Um, I could do with a bit of the help on, the, on my channel, so I let him beat me, which got him in a good mood. <laughs> And he gave me lo- loads of his secrets and tips to grow a YouTube channel. <laughs> what a dope. He believed it all. <laughs> um, but yet, like, even on that day, in a dead cash, I, you know, I've got two trophies up there for match play champion. You have? If it was match play, I would actually fancy my chances. Oh, yeah? I would, genuinely. Yeah. I think it could be done. You need to call somebody out then for a, for a bit of beef, don't you? Um, who do I want to play? I do think everyone keeps asking about playing the good, good lads, like GM Golf and that, but don't do that in an aggressive way because I feel like the fans could take us down. What do you mean? What do I mean? I love them. I'm joking. <laughs> There's too many of them. They're too young, supple, fast ball speeds, fast club head speeds and all that. Lots stuff. of swag. Too much swag. Um, who, would I, who would I like to compete against? People challenge? keep asking about why I never played with Pete last year when it was um, supposed to be a match against Pete oh, yeah, that never materialised. Convenient. Maybe I'll play Pete. Yeah, play Pete to start things The off. way I'm driving it. Call Pete out now, then, if you want, to a camera. Choose that camera there. Yeah, it's on. Hi, Pete. Do you want a match? <laughs> <laughs> we'll check our schedules. You get your people to speak to my people and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Last thing, then, before we wrap this up. Um, you see my picture yet? I just wanted to put picture. it down. Because okay, but also, to get distracted. I've heard rumours. Uh, again, I've heard a lot of rumours recently. 
<laughs> that you have been speaking to a very, very big name tour pro. Oh, yeah. So. Potentially even bigger than Big Bri. Um, mm. In two weeks, fingers crossed, I don't want to say too much because yeah, last time we said on that, the Zoom, had a bit it? of egg on our face. Yeah. yeah, another Zoom interview with one of the best golfers in the world nice. right now. One, one of the, I mean, arguably, this is a bulge out, right now in his current playing ability, maybe even the best player in the world. Yeah. You can't, that's hard to argue against, isn't it? I'm looking forward to having Pete back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick's finished off his drawing now. Why do you leave this last bit till now? Why didn't you do this before? I thought you'd finished it. Because we started talking about our topping. Oh, thought, yeah, but no, we talked about it, so you could do that. I know, but it thought it'd be random if we're going to do a clip. Oh, we might do a clip, yeah, we don't know. If about, you know, about all that YouTube stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it was good. And I'm there drawing some weird picture. That's what people want to see. Yeah, I don't know if that clip was good enough for a clip. It might be. Who knows? Uh, so while Rick is wrapping his picture up, which, again, this might be quite poor if you are listening. If you're on a run, if you're on a treadmill, keep going. You can do this. It might be hard now, but think of the rewards when you're finished. If you're in the car, hope it's going well. Um... <laughs> Hope your journey's nice. Got massive feet, this guy that Rick's, Rick's drawing. Um, and lastly, if you want to rate us on Apple, please do give us five stars. Um, or three, or two or one, you choose, maybe four as well. This is really... Um... Do you want to talk to us while you're doing it, Rick? Or A lot of concentration. Um, so, so far, I've done the, f- the facial features, the body. The full body's complete, which I'm happy with. How long will it take? A head. Pardon? The whole thing, how long will it take? <laughs> I used to be a lot faster. Oh, okay, well, so we've had, um, I'm going to read Ten out seconds. live a reward. Uh, 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 um, this is interesting. So we had a four-star review on Apple. It said, the guests you have all had on are generally been brilliant. Really enjoyed the chats with Bryson and NC. Uh, guests make the podcast so much more interesting. Always like to hear your thoughts, but it is the Rick Shields podcast, so I'd like to hear, hear may, I'd like to hear mainly Rick interviewing guests. Though Guy Chippin is good, he does raise some interesting points, but sometimes less is more, so keep your mouth shut. I know you always say five stars or not at all, but four is a genuine feeling. So, fair enough. He wants more Rick, less Guy. Brilliant. Glad I read that one. <laughs> Did you wish you'd read that one before? Fine, you can have an opinion. Like a we've all got one. Uh, I think we're there. I probably put something coming out of his mouth in the past. Okay, let's have a look at it. I don't think that's, that's, uh, that's podcast rating friendly. Let's have a look. I feel like it's like a bit of a down. Oh my God. So that's what I used to draw everywhere. So yeah. Brilliant. It kind of looks like me, but we're long. <laughs> I was starting like you. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's the end of the podcast. That was very strange. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 